first of all, he will around here is treated like a god. I mean, I'll never find out what he could really do. I don't want this to be the high point of his life. I've seen him, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days when they were 17 years old. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. All the time I was in Cottersville, so knowing him and his family well. Yes, very nice guy, and what a career! What a what! I mean, if you took a a ruler and a a pencil and drew wherever he went, it, it, it's 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 amazing. Yeah, yeah, I did a lot with girls basketball after he got out of college. Really, he had probably almost as long a career in women's uh, college basketball as he did in men. So, uh, big career. Okay, so you ready? Ready to go. All right, give me a second here, and I'll cue you in. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Um, you can listen to these interviews that we do at Keeping the Nostalgia Alive. That's all one word, keepingthenostalgialive.podbean. That's podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com, Keeping the Nostalgia Alive at podbean.com. Um, our next guest, I, I would take most of the interview time up by telling you what he's done, accomplished, uh, uh, and all the accolades. Uh, so um, uh, for, without further ado, Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame member, coach, two-time state championship. I mean, it goes on and on. I can't, I can't do it. I'll put it all in the uh, uh, introduction of the show is Coach Basil Malby. Coach Malby, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Uh, and sharing uh, uh, your story of the game and basketball and keeping the nostalgia alive. Well, we really enjoy listening to your uh, a cast uh, broadcast, so I'm proud to be part of this and uh, so thankful that you gave me a call. You know, little did I know back in 1983 uh, at the semi-state there at uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse, um, um, seeing you coach the Connors- Connorsville Spartans, little did I know that, and I, I love that, you know, so many years later that I get the opportunity to uh, hear your story and uh, um, and stories about coaching in Indiana high school basketball. It's fantastic. Well, that was a special place. Uh, you know, Hinkle Fieldhouse, growing up, I can remember my first state tournament. Uh, I was probably on about the, I don't know, on the east side, really high, and uh, 19, I believe, in 68 or 9. And uh, so I saw a lot of state tournaments, and uh, – uh, some great games there, and uh, very, very proud of one moment uh, in the 83 team. We were practiced at uh, Market Square on Thursday. Then we came back Friday for the Tijuana's banquet with the team, and instead of going back home, we stayed in Indy and practiced at Hinkle that day. And nobody's in the gym. It's all cleared out, and all of a sudden I look over and sitting on the bleachers right by, as you come in from the north end, with Coach Hinkle, and uh, what a thrill to see him watching our practice. And so I introduced my players to him, and uh, I don't think they knew uh, what they were really seeing right there, but uh, what a legend and what a great thrill coaching and playing uh, in front of Coach Hinkle at uh, his, his, his legendary gymnasium. You, you know, it's interesting. I, I wasn't a very good basketball player, but uh, being at Broderbolt between 82 and 86 and uh, – uh, watching Coach Smith coach the game, and of course we traveled everywhere in the state. Um, I, I soaked it in like a sponge. So uh, I, you know, not great at the game of basketball, but I took a lot of stuff in, and I really enjoy what I'm doing. And once again, I, I thank you for spending some time with us. 
Well, you know, at Hinkle, I what really I can think of really one of the most dif- different than any other gym. You had this big hallway you went down underneath the gym to dress, and uh, coming up those stairs, or not stairs, up the ramp uh, was a great thrill to, to entering into that game in 1983 uh, against First Indian Creek and then uh, the great game against Newcastle. Uh, Coach, tell us all a little bit about where you were born and raised and who introduced you to the game of basketball, if you remember. Well, I, I grew up in rural Mi- North Miami County. Uh, I went to Deedsville High School, and I was an only child. So uh, my mother was a school teacher. My father worked on the railroad, and we farmed. Well, I had no one to really play with uh, other than myself and that basketball, and uh against the shed so that's how I really grew up with basketball was uh, me and my ball because uh, there were nobody lived close to me Uh, my cousin may have lived a mile away but nobody close so basketball and me started out right then Uh, one of the funny things I was remembering today when I was thinking about this show was when I first went to school uh, in probably sixth or seventh grade first day of school you know you're all excited about school and I met outside in the recess period outside the gym, outside the school, and the new basketball coach just walked by, and I stopped him and I said, Coach Dorman, Dormeyer, when will we start practice? You know, here I am, a sixth or seventh grader, and I'm wondering when this varsity coach is going to start me at practicing basketball with my sixth grade team. But it was very different back then. Basketball was really a big, big part of our social and uh, athletic life at uh, Deedsville High School. Before getting to Deedsville High School, what was what was the uh, state of high school basketball in Indiana? What do you remember about it, or or were you just ready to get to uh, high school and, 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 and go on? Well, I think the biggest thrill was the county and sectional tournaments. That was a week-long event. You know, they uh, I think we probably had maybe 10 or 12 teams in the high county tournament and 10 or 12 teams in the sectional so it was an all-week affair you'd get out of school on friday i believe we played in the afternoon probably thursday night or wednesday night and it was all 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 day and all night uh then on saturday the big thrill was you got to go to the afternoon game and then in between games you know here we are junior high and freshman or so we get to go to a movie between and then go back for the night game so it was all big, big event when we went to the sectional and county tournaments. What kind of history did Deedsville have before you got there in the game of basketball? Well, we're kind of proud of Deedsville High School, really. Uh, Peru dominated the sectional. You know, they were uh, probably near a thousand, and all the county schools were in the hundreds, or one hundred to one hundred fifty, maybe seventy-five. And so, in nineteen twenty-six, Deedsville won the sectional tournament. And all the way up until when all the county schools consolidated, Deedsville was the only team that won the sectional championship. So, you know, here I am in 1950s and 60s. We thought we would be the second team to win it, but uh, only one team won out of all the uh, schools that feed into North Miami, uh, Deedsville in 1926. So uh, we're proud of that, but obviously I never got to see the games, but I heard all about it. What what kind of basketball player were you in high school? 
Well, I, you know, I enjoyed it. That sucked because I practiced about all the time because that was my only thing to do. And so I'd shoot a lot of baskets. So, yeah. And my sophomore year, I played varsity some and played JV and was also in the band. And back then at halftime or at between the games, you'd have the band come out and play. Well, I had to leave the junior varsity game as a sophomore and go dress for the band and miss the fourth quarter. So the next day I quit band and uh, I was full-time basketball from then. But yeah, my junior year, I was fortunate to lead a area scoring average. And junior year, uh, we had a, a good team and I, again, was one of the leading scorers. I thought it was pretty good until I got to Ball State and I found out there's a much difference between Beatsville High School and <laughs> playing at Ball State University. And what was your uh, what were your choices in going to college? Was was Ball State always uh, on your mind because of, of it producing teachers? Did you want to teach? Did you earlier in while you were at high school? Did you think maybe this is something I want to do? Is spend my life with the game of basketball? Well, I think I really wanted to coach, and uh, and also um, you know I thought I could make Ball State team. You know, here it is. You know, at that that at that time. Uh, you know, Indiana and Purdue I knew about, but Ball State was smaller, and I think it only had about 7,000 students at that time. Uh, Manchester College is where my mother went, and, and she taught for 30 or 40 years, so I imagine I considered that Purdue, but I thought, maybe they're too big, I may not make the team. Well, I was not nearly good enough to make Ball State's team either, but from that, I got into coaching at a fraternity level, and uh coached the bike team, the basketball team, softball, and uh, I loved to do that. And uh, from then on, coaching was the career that I wanted to follow. And how how did that work in that time? I mean, uh, once you've gotten your degree at Ball State, I mean, what's that like as a young coach uh, getting out and uh, finding a place to coach? Well, right then, it was a little bit harder to get a varsity job right out of college because a lot of the years before that, a lot of coaches were first year out of college. They may get a small high school, but by then all of the schools had consolidated. 1965 was my first year out of college. And so, you know, I was ended up, I was freshman coach at uh, Caston, uh, right near my home. And so I was freshman coach there for two years and then three years at um, McConaughey as junior varsity coach. And um, at, at McConaughey, you know, I started thinking, well, I'd like to be a varsity coach. So I started sending out applications to many, many places. And then my next year, I was at Logan Sport as freshman coach. And from there, I was fortunate to be interviewed and hired at West Washington High School and uh, uh, near Salem, Indiana. And that was my first varsity job in 1971. You know, as a young coach, and, and uh, I asked a, a, a previous guest uh, this today, um, are, you, are you looking for opportunities, or do opportunities find you as you uh, ascended in your, your coaching? Well, I think most coaches in that time were wanting to move up, you know, into a high school that hosted a sectional. Uh, obviously, your chances of winning – a tournament was much greater in a uh, larger school. So, you know, a lot of coaches were step, step, step. And I was very fortunate from that. I, at West Washington, we won the county tournament uh, my second year. Then I went to Delta High School and 
we won the conference championship, but uh, we kind of ran into a bus all then. Muncie North was outstanding at that time with Sam Drummer and a really great group of players. And so we were runner-up in the county and sectional. Uh, went to Angola, and finally, after 40 years of loving basketball, we finally won our first sectional championship in 1978 at Angola. And really, that was my goal, to win a sectional championship, because none of my high schools that I played for, none of them I coached at all the way up through to Angola in 1978. Uh, and, you know, this was my 15th year of coaching and four years of playing and six years of being a fan, probably. Um, first sectional championship. So 78 was a very special year, even though uh, you've probably read about that was the year that we had an energy crisis back then, and our sectional was played in the afternoon rather than the evening because of uh, saving energy but not running the lights so often, so long. So uh, we won the sectional championship in the afternoon and went back to Angola and our ride on the uh, fire engine was in the daytime rather than the night, which is uh, a little bit unusual. Probably one of the only times that ever happened in Indiana, having a sectional tournament in the afternoon. You know, you mentioned uh, Sam Drummer. What a, a very underrated uh, player when you talk about some of the great high school players from the state of Indiana. Well, I would have to say in my coaching career, you know, that's been a long time, probably 74 but he may have been the greatest I ever coached again. I, I saw a picture of him on Facebook this last week, and his jump shot, I would think he might have jumped 30, 34 inches in, in a jump shot. Straight up, beautiful release. Uh, I had no no way that I didn't believe that he would be the next Oscar Robertson or uh, be a 15-year NBA player. Uh, but didn't happen. Things didn't happen the way it should have maybe, but uh, – uh, he was a great, great high school player. And leaving Angola, was that hard? Yeah, it was a great place to coach. Uh, I had great kids. Uh, we uh, we won 21 games in 78 when we won the sectional. Then the next year, we were really uh, had an outstanding team again, but DeKalb at that time was undefeated. And uh, they beat us in the sectional championship. And But because of winning that sectional, I was able to interview at the bigger schools, and I interviewed at Brownsburg and was offered that position, which they hosted their own sectional. And right before I took that job, I got a call from Connorsville. And uh, I'm thinking, Connorsville, boy, that's really a basketball powerhouse uh, since they had won the state in 72. So I was excited to apply there, and uh, I got the job in 1980 at Connorsville, and uh, that was the start of a great, great run of uh, championships. You, you know, when you've uh, moved to Connorsville, took that job, or even some of the previous jobs that you had before Connorsville, was um, was it anything like uh, the movie Hoosiers where the the town or the uh, coaches or the coaches' uh, uh, parents want to kind of get a feel for what uh, uh, basal ball was all about? Well, I think so. You know, I... Uh, we we were very fortunate uh, when we were at West Washington, my first job, and we were 0-6 at Christmas, and we won the county tournament, <laughs> won 
two games after being 0 and 6 and beat uh, you know North Harrison I believe was 11 and 4 at that time we beat them in the county tournament people were wondering you know who is this young coach and then on to Delta and on to Angola and uh, uh, you know it was everybody was interested in basketball I think uh, who filled the filled the gymnasiums most of the time and uh, it was a great thrill but going to Connersville was something completely different and uh, that didn't start out very well though I go there you know I'm excited Connersville and the first game of the year Connersville is always a big rival game against Union County um, they always came to Connersville to play because we were the sectional site and they wanted to get a game on the court and so they always came and my first game against Union County uh, you know here we are the big 1800 students and they've got maybe 400 and they beat us in overtime and i'm thinking not a good way to start your career at connersville but the next uh, two nights later we go to columbus high school and coach against coach Stearman, probably one of the finest coaching gentlemen i've ever known and we won that game and uh we were on our way and you know that was a really a great year and you may have been at the game when we lost in the semi-state to Broad Ripple. And, uh, you know, I've told many people, if you start getting arguments about the greatest high school team ever, Broad Ripple could have beaten probably nearly every team in certain nights. Um, they had a great center, Jeff Robinson, a great point guard, uh, King Duke, uh, Stacy Turan, uh, great shooter in the corner i believe robinson maybe uh what a great team and they went ahead and won the state on stacy tran hitting that uh 50 footer i guess against marion but that was uh kind of the way we start out Connorsville. a great year uh won the regional uh, and go on to the semi-state or beat by the state champion coach what once you got to connersville take us from the coach's perspective of what kind of a game plan or team plan do you have, or what does it take to build your team to, you know, play Broderpool in that semi-state game to get to that? I mean, what what kind of planning and what kind of uh, uh, team um, exercises or whatever you may want to call it do you have to lay down before you, you start a basketball team? Well, I think at Connersville, um, having the own section on your own regional, uh, you were kind of expected to get to the semi-state. Uh, well, nobody in our regional was very large. I think nobody was over a thousand students in our regional. So Connorsville kind of dominated that regional. We were very fortunate. Uh, uh, in my first uh, five years, I guess we won four regionals and uh, we're in the semi-state. And so your kids kind of knew that, hey, we're preparing to win the state championship, and everybody at Connersville really thought we would win the state. I mean, uh, this wasn't, you know, well, maybe you can do it. And no, Connersville, you're going to win the state again. You've got this good group of young kids, and we really planned for that. Uh, we, My first year there, I was blessed to have four seniors, and I only had one junior starter. And the next year, he transferred. So we start 1981 with no returning starters, but we still – uh, go to the semi-state, I believe, and uh, maybe beat, got beat by Cathedral. And uh, so another state power. So uh, you were expected to be there. I did find out one thing after getting beat by Union County, and we went to 
Columbus. We played a 2-3 zone, and we full court press. And we won. So I thought, well, that sounds like a pretty good idea. So for the next 25 years, we played a 2-3 zone, <laughs> and we pressed, and uh, were able to win uh, numerous championships. And uh, maybe that victory at Columbus uh, was the start of that. But uh, I, if I can remember correctly, that was our first probably time play a 2-3 zone and uh, press 1-2-2 and uh, nearly every possession from then on that was our defense all the way up until maybe even in Cotters at Kokomo in the the 90s and 2000. When you the 1983 season when the Connorsville Spartans go on and win the state championship did you know you had something special at the beginning of the year? Well we thought we would be very good. Uh, We'd been in the semi-state the year before, and Cathedral was outstanding. Um, they had Barlow and Hicks and uh, Shelton Smith. Uh, they were an outstanding team, Daniels. Uh, and we got beat by nine points, and we played with them very equal most of the game, but they were just much stronger physically. And so when we got out of that game and we went in the locker room, I think the kids, what do we need to do to get here and win the semi-state? And we really went into a vigorous weight training program. Uh, we did weights. Uh, nearly all the kids really got on the weights. And the Heinemann twins went from maybe benching 130 and 50, maybe to benching 190 and 200 in that one summer, increasing their jump, uh, strength. Uh, we also got on a program of box jumping. Uh, that was kind of the big exercise craze at that time. And, our kids would jump boxes, jump boxes up and down the stairs uh, because our goal was to get to the semi-state and not lose, but to go on to the final four. So uh, we were planning on that uh, from the very first day on. And even when I went for the interview at Connorsville, and, uh, I had took a T-shirt along and had state champion written on it uh, <laughs> that I had printed because uh, I knew that's what they expected. And uh, that's what my goal was going to be. You know, I'm going to uh, go off the path here a second, but wh- what are your thoughts on, you know, you you play with what you're dealt. What were your thoughts on having to play a team like Cathedral that got to go out and pick their cards rather than play with what they were dealt? <laughs> well, you know, that that's part of it. You know, I uh, I interviewed for the Cathedral job, I think, maybe – either after, right after the state champion or something, you know, and um, I asked them, you know, what will be my teaching job? And they said, well, you will probably not be a teacher as much as you will be a public relations officer for the high school and recruit basketball players. So, uh, you know, that was your expected because Cathedral has no feeder program going into them. And so you have to find your players and, uh, and it's a great school, and nothing wrong with going to Cathedral because it's a great institution. But uh, there is no diocese, I don't believe, that speeds directly into Cathedral. And so uh, it was your job to go to the 7th and 8th grade games and find the good players and uh, show them what a good education at Cathedral could be and also being part of a great basketball program. You know, before getting to the Final Four in 83, we're – were you kind of glad that we uh, took so much energy out of Steve Alford and the Newcastle Trojans? Did you think that helped you any at all? 
Oh, I think you just really got him warmed up for us, really. <laughs> he only only had 57 in the afternoon. He was probably going to go for 60 that night. And, uh, uh, you know, hey, you don't ever know what's going to happen. We we were very fortunate in uh, Steve's freshman year, his sophomore year, and his junior year. We had defeated him all three years at Connersville. So we were anticipating beating Connors, or beating Newcastle. Um, we had never lost to him my three years that I'd been at Connersville. And uh, uh, we knew they were a great team, and we scout, scout, scouted them intensely. Uh, we probably saw tapes or in, saw them in person many games. So we knew exactly who the players were, what we had to do. And, um, you know, kids uh, had a great, great start as a game. And uh, because of that, uh, we were able to spread the court. And uh, when we spread the court, uh, then we were able to uh, dominate on the drive and uh, um, end up winning the game pretty convincingly. I, uh, and I know, uh, obviously, they did have a tough game in the afternoon, but that's the way basketball was back then. In the regional, uh, regional semi-state, and state, you had to play two games. And uh, that hour difference may have made a difference, but there are many teams that went on and won playing the second game of the afternoon and still winning the evening game. So it was maybe a factor, but uh, the biggest factor was we had great confidence and Steve and Sam, uh, quite great coaches and players, but we'd beaten them and uh, we thought we could do it. And uh, I think it was 70 to 57. So we had a great basketball game and uh, proved that we were capable of going on and got to go to the final four. You know, you, you, you've beat Newcastle and you're going to the Final Four. And, you know, as a, you, you've, you've got to be so excited as a coach. But, and you just take it in for as little as you can. How do you prepare your team and keep your players from, from getting the big head or from getting a, a little bit uh, overexcited? How do you calm them down and, and bring your team into the Final Four that following weekend? Well, you know, I think we had maybe a – I don't know why we didn't think it was good at the time, but we had lost two games during the year. We had lost at Seymour and at Franklin. So our kids knew it was not something that you could take for granted. Uh, You know, we might've been the favorite in the afternoon game against Princeton, but Princeton had a great team. Jim Jones, one of the real premier coaches in Indiana basketball. They had two really outstanding players. Fitchner was about six, eight, I believe. And another forward about six, five. So they were really an excellent team. And uh, we were very, very fortunate to go ahead and uh, prepare and uh, go into that game. And uh, we played very well in the afternoon game and uh, uh, were able to then watch Marion and uh, Anderson go head-to-head with James Blackman and Troy Lewis going head-to-head with both of them, I think, near 50 points. And uh, so we were ready for them. And uh, then came the big one against the Anderson Indians. Did you have how what goes through a coach's mind, especially when you're on a run like you are with your first state championship? Uh, it, it, is there any doubt in your mind? How do you get rid of that doubt? And did you just feel like you guys were just destined to win that 1983 state championship? Well, if you know me, every game I was very apprehensive. I tried to think of everything that could go wrong and tried to have a solution for that happening. So. No, we were not overconfident, and uh, we did not know that it was going to be easy. 
but we did think that we are a great team. We played well together, uh, come out, play the way we've played all year, and uh, hopefully the chips fall in our favor because Anderson was a great team. You know, Troy Lewis was one of the better high school players Indiana ever had. Uh, Norm Held, one of the best coaches. So it was a great, great challenge for us. And uh, um, we uh, went into the game knowing it's uh, probably going to be a very close game, and it was right down to the last second. Do you, was it all a whirlwind on that first state championship, or was do you remember your like you know the the clock says zero seconds and and you're state champions? I mean, what, well, what goes through your mind? Coach Held, uh, we went ahead one point with about a minute to go, and Coach Held called time, and he decides to go for the last shot of the game, uh, which is unusual uh, with a minute to go, but. He, uh, he had Troy Lewis, and he says uh, he thought, hey, we'll have Troy shoot it, and we'll rebound it, and let's let it fall as it falls. So they play, they hold the ball for about 30 seconds, and they call timeout, and I can remember distinctly saying to the guys uh, as we left the huddle, I said, one rebound, and you're state champions, guys. So uh, that was our plan. We got to play good defense and then get that rebound. So – as they held it and held it, you know, everybody said, well, you know, Troy Lewis was going to shoot it. Well, yeah, we probably thought he was, but we didn't box and want him or anything special. We played two, three zone and guarded him. And uh, he, they reversed it. It was about 10 seconds to go. He drives to the left and stopped at the free throw line. And we obviously don't want to foul him because he's an 80 or 90% free throw shooter. And he jumps up and, shoots it nine out of time nine out of ten he probably makes that shot but it goes off to the left to the right side and here's their center six foot six uh forget his name uh but he was ready to tip it in and mike heineman comes from the left side across deflects the ball flanagan gets the ball and all of a sudden that buzzer goes off and my first thought was i turned to my wife She's sitting in the stands, and I turned to her, and I said, can you believe that? You know, here we are, state champions. Uh, Deedsville to a state championship. Um, never thought it. We wanted to win a sectional. We weren't planning winning states. We were planning on winning sectionals. And from that moment on, then, our goal was to get back to that championship, sex, a state championship, and do it again. And that was my goal for the next 30 years of coaching, as, as it was this year. That was my goal to get to the state championship again because there is no greater thrill in Indiana, I don't believe, than climbing the ladder, cutting the net as a state champion of Indiana basketball. What what happened in the postseason after the state championship as a state championship coach? Do do other are, are people calling you and wanting you to coach? How how do you do you make a statement? Look, I'm staying here. Or how does how how does a basketball coach who's had success and wins a state championship? How does he handle his career from that first state championship? Well, in '82, uh, I, I don't know if that's the year Cathedral contacted me or not, but. I also interviewed at North Central that year. I thought, boy, North Central, biggest school in the state, uh, good basketball programs, um, interview. So I interview at North Central, and it's kind of a funny interview. They had like maybe eight tables and eight coaches there, and we rotated from table to table for about a 10-minute question and answer. They had some 
fans, some parents, administrators, teachers. And I remember one coach or one person asking me, uh, why are you applying for the North Central job? And I said, uh, I said, well, <laughs> it's a tough decision because I said, I really think at Connersville, we have a chance to win the state championship this year. And he kind of giggled, you know, kind of laughed under his breath, you know, like, well, that's a good statement to say in an interview, but you really think you're going to win the state? Well, so happens after the state, they invited the team or coaches to the 500-mile track for qualifications. So I'm there, and I'm walking along, and this guy comes up to me, and he says, are you Coach Malby? And I said, yes. He says, Hey, he said, I interviewed you at North Central, and you said you were going to win the state championship, and I kind of laughed. I said, I remember that, but uh, we did get the last laugh and won that. So uh, we, we knew Connorsville was a great job, and we left Connorsville for one and only one primary reason, uh, was our family lived in Miami County, uh, about 15 miles from Kokomo, and we were happy at Connersville. We had great kids. It was a great feeder program. I had a great job. Um, and the only reason we left Connersville uh, was that we thought being close to our family was important. And Kokomo basketball was also a great program. So uh, in 84, we thought we had a great chance. We had Flanagan and Crabtree back, two of our primary players in the state championship team, but we ended up getting beat in the regional that year. Uh, then we go to the semi-state and get beat by, I believe, uh, maybe uh, Jeff George, maybe. Uh, so we, we won another semi-state or another regional, went to semi-state, but didn't make the final four again. But my goal was then when we went to Kokomo, uh, let's get that second state championship for Kokomo because they had won in 61. And uh, we went there in 86, and uh, so they were hungry for another state championship also. Uh, Coach, you know, during all of your career, what? how did you handle the media? Did you like talking to the media? Did you, you know, tell us a little bit about what that did to a high school basketball team or a high school basketball coach. How, how, how did you deal with it? Well, we were fortunate. Um, we had a coach's show um in Connersville, and then when I went to Kokomo, uh, David and Dennis Casey, two uh, twins, that one was a sports writer for the Tribune, and the other one was a, a t TV executive, and so they started a television show about Kokomo basketball, so I was fortunate. I got to promote my team, my players, my coaches every week on TV uh, statewide. It was WHMB out of uh, Indianapolis. And uh, so we had the Basel Malby show for 14 years and uh, enjoyed, you know, being a part of it, but also being able to show my kids around the state on TV every week. So that was fun. Uh, we had a great, great radio broadcaster then and Greg Bell. Um, I never in all my career of listening to him ever heard him say a remark about a coach or a player in a derogatory manner he would maybe say uh, maybe they could have done this or that but never questioning their uh giving 100 percent. so that was super working for him uh dave kitchell the 
editor of the newspaper, great friend. Uh, we had great, great uh, following, and uh, the press was good to us. Uh, I think, obviously, when you're winning, they're much better than they are when you're losing. So uh, we were very fortunate to have a good run of winning seasons, and uh, the press was good to us. Um, how? What's the difference between the hotbed of, Co- of uh, Connersville and their passion for the game and the passion for the game in Kokomo? Well, not a lot of difference right then. Uh, they uh, they were uh, had been split the high schools back in uh, I believe in 1964 uh, or no, I'm sorry, 1968 or nine. They had split the high school Kokomo into Hayworth and Kokomo, so they had not won a state championship. But and everybody thought, well, the reason is we had two high schools and both schools were probably nearly a nearly 1,500 to 2,000, whereas if they would have had one high school 4,000, there were many teams that were really outstanding for both Hayworth and Kokomo. So people were thinking we would have probably won another state championship. So in 1986, the Kokomo school system decided to go back to one high school. So in 1985 or six, I guess it was, uh, was our first time being back as Kokomo High. And Carl McNulty, the great legendary coach, was there. And first year they were back together, they go to the semi-state. And one of the tough things about Kokomo, uh, probably for the last 20 years before that, they never hosted a regional. They used to host the regional. And then I believe in the 70s, they started going to Anderson. And, you know, Anderson had great basketball teams and, they never got to the semi-state again until 1985, I believe. And so the 14 years I was at Kokomo, we only hosted one regional, and that was 898, the year that we went to class basketball. And instead of having regionals uh, at four or five different sites, then you had it at one home team, had a regional. So I, I was there for 11 years and coached all of my regionals at either Anderson or Newcastle, or Anderson or Marion, two really tough regionals. And uh, so it was very tough for Kokomo to get out of the regional into that semi-state. You know, I can just see you like uh, uh, Norman Dale in the movie Hoosiers when you get to um, Kokomo. Well, let me see what I've been dealt. And, and, and what was that like? <laughs> well... Well, when I was grew up in Miami County, up at Deansville, I can remember, can't tell you the year, can't tell you everything, but I can remember my dad taking me to Kokomo for a high school basketball game. And back then, you didn't get tickets from the ticket office because they sold out all season tickets. Um, you didn't even get a season ticket. You got a half of a season ticket back in the 60s or 50s, I'm sorry. So you might get to go to six out of the 12 games. Well, somehow we scalped a ticket, and I remember going into that enormous, enormous gymnasium uh, at Kokomo and watching them play and thinking, my gosh, uh, would that be fun to play or coach there? So when I get into high school, we really thought we would win the sectional and get to go to the regional because in the regional Deedsville would get 12 tickets maybe. <laughs> and my mom, I remember taking us 
as eighth graders to the regional at Kokomo. And, you know, this is Noblesville, Wabash, Kokomo, Peru, maybe. And I thought, my gosh. And the guys that went with us were some seniors. And they said, guys, when you're seniors, I bet you get it win the sectional because we had won the county as eighth graders and here we are <laughs> we're dreaming about going winning a sectional which was our dream and uh, never got there but I did get there as a coach and uh, win my first sectional in 1987 and uh, go on and uh, I believe we won 11 sectional tournaments at Kokomo High School. What was the difference between your 83 final four team at Connersville and then going to the final four with with Kokomo? Well, it was tough. Uh, you know, we, in 1989, we uh, started out the year. In 88, we only lost two games. 88 was probably one of the strongest years in the North Central Conference. And you could probably say that about many other years, too. But in 88, Richmond was number one with Woody Austin. Uh, Muncie was number two with Chandler Thompson. And we were number four uh, with Arch team that we had at Kokomo so three of the top four teams in a conference were in the North Central Conference so we played at Richmond lost a close game then we go to Muncie and if we win that game we will win the conference because Muncie had beaten Richmond so if we win we're co-champions well Muncie blew us out and uh, they went on and won the state championship whereas we ended up 18-2 and two for the year, uh, went to the finals of the semi-state, uh, got beat by Hammond Knoll, but uh, Muncie then went ahead and won the state championship against uh, probably one of the finest coaching jobs I've ever seen. Uh, Bill Harrell was great, great friend, great coach, and that time he went up against Concord with Sean Kemp. Uh, Sean Kemp probably, if not the best, one of the best athletes that ever graduated from Indiana high schools uh, and beat them pretty convincingly. So uh, we lost to two games during the year, Muncie, Richmond. Uh, they were both, I believe, in the semi-state. Uh, and then one of them won the state championship. So 88 was a great year. So we had three starters returning, and we thought, hey, we're going to have a good team. Well, it ends up we host the Hall of Fame Classic, Hall of Fame Classic, we lose both games on our home court. Uh, one of them to South Bend St. Joe was outstanding, and then we lose to New Washington, a small school from southern Indiana that beat us. So at that time, here we are, a team that was predicted that we could be a state contender, and we're four and five at that moment. And I'm thinking, well, <laughs> we didn't get this going right. Well, we changed the lineup a little. And we win 21 in a row, and we beat Pat Graham from Floyd Central in the afternoon game. And But who do we see facing us but Lawrence North and Eric Montross and Todd Leary and Victor Bush. So a great high school team, and uh, um, we, we thought we had a great chance. We had a 6'9 center that we thought that could work with Montross, but Montross was unstoppable against us, and we ended up losing. When did the rumblings or when did the class system start to surface? What were your thoughts about it? And what were your thoughts when they did change it to it? Well, you know, I always, 
I guess I enjoyed it because when I'm at Connorsville and at Newcastle, they were all coming to our gymnasium. You know, for for, the, for 18 years, we hosted a sectional. And in those years, you know, we were obviously the biggest school and the favorite. But it was always fun to see the challenge of those teams to come in and play against us. Just like when I was at Deedsville, we wanted to go in and beat Peru. Uh, I was very fortunate. One of my first assistant coaches was Wayne Allen, and he coached at Northwestern High School in uh, Howard County, fed into the Kokomo sectional. And his only dream at Northwestern was winning that Kokomo sectional. He scouted Kokomo every game. He ends up winning in 1981 and 82, winning the sectional. By the time I was there in the late 80s and 90s, teams, I don't even really think it was their goal to win the sectional. They really maybe kind of conceded that we were that good. But we had some great games against some of them. But you could see the fans of the – smaller schools wanting that chance to maybe host their own sectional and win a state championship as some other states in the United States had done in class basketball. So we started hearing it come up in the nineties and I really didn't think it would happen. The commissioner at that time was Bob Gardner. Bob Gardner was my assistant coach and my first coaching job at West Washington. I knew him well. And I talked to him about class basketball a little bit. And, you know, he kind of seemed noncommittal. But in 1997, the last single-class tournament was held, and we were fortunate to be in the Final Four at the Hoosier Dome. So uh, a great thrill and a great way to end single-class basketball playing in the Hoosier Dome with uh, the 97 team. When When is it time to move on from from Kokomo and how difficult was that? Uh, it was very difficult. You know, we love Kokomo. All four of my children graduated from Kokomo high school. Um, we lived there for coached there for 14 years and we had not anticipated leaving. Uh, we had in the, we had won four of six regionals at Marion from 92 to 97. So we, um, we were very happy and, at that moment, class basketball was in, and, uh, you know, we were playing at Lafayette, but it was our conference games, and we knew that we could win there. But it was really a funny instance that happened. In the year 2000, Bill Harrell at Muncie Central challenged the ISHAA rule that a high school basketball coach had to be a full-time teacher um, because for many years, the cross-country coach or the volleyball coach or the track coach might be a lay coach. And he had some lawyer that says, I don't think it can stand up that they make the basketball coach be a teacher when the others don't. So he challenged that in 2000. And ISHA, rather than to go to court, they changed the rule that year that you could coach and not be a full-time teacher. I believe you still had to have a teaching license, but you did not have to teach. So at that moment, I was 57 years old, and I couldn't do all my teacher's retirement. And so at that moment, with my teacher's retirement and coaching and maybe camp and summer school, you would make almost the same amount. 
I approached my principal with that idea, and he was excited about it because that would free him up for another teacher and a lower price teacher and still be able for me to coach. But the higher administration did not want their coach not to be a full-time teacher. So I was happy to go back to Connersville in 2001. I would have had an outstanding team. I had three or four returning starters. So I was excited about it. Well, I'm also middle school AD, and I got a call from Lewis Cass High School. So Greg Marchand, their athletic director, called me that we had a junior high golf match, and he was going to have to change the location because of some reason. And so we talked, and I said, yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll change it. We'll send our team to wherever. He said, by the way, while I got you on the phone, <laughs> do you have any assistant coach that would be a good coach at Lewis Cass? He said, we have one opening, a business opening. And I said, well, I don't have any assistants to teach business. But I said, uh, how would you be interested in an older coach that would coach as a lay coach? And he says, what do you mean? I said, uh, I might be interested in talking with you. And at that moment, he said, yeah, we'd love to talk with you. And it just so happened, scouting for the regional, I had seen Lewis Gass play in 2000, and they had some outstanding players. And I thought, hmm, that wouldn't be a bad job, probably. I'd still live in Kokomo. I would still make about the same salary with my teaching retirement and coach at Lewis Cass. So I went up and talked with him. Uh, the next day I was offered the job, and I became the coach at Lewis Cass High School. So that's the reason I left. Uh, I would have still been at Kokomo the next year and uh, would have had a good team, I believe. But uh, Lewis Cass. When I go there, I know they had some good players, but the first day in practice with one of my assistants that came with me from Kokomo, Coach Wall says, Coach, we can win the state championship. And I said, Coach, why do you think I came here? You know, I uh, I knew they were outstanding. So in three years at Lewis Cass, first two years, we were 59-1. and one. Uh, We lost one game during the season in three years. So – Great, great talent at Lewis Cass. I didn't leave there because I applied for it. I left there because uh, of the new rule that you could coach and not teach. And with all the videotapes we watch now and all the time we spend on scouting, it was a great advantage to be able to be a full-time coach and not be a full-time teacher, even though I did work at the school, maybe some in some remediation and some some classes during the time but not very many classes was i involved in and so that was uh, my reason for leaving for lewis cats great talent uh, great community for basketball and uh, the chance to not uh, teach and coach so it worked out very well for it so now what's the difference when you take your lewis cast team to the state championship from your other very successful teams well back then now we're in class basketball and uh First year, we end up 19-1, and one, and we get beat by Harding in the regional. It was a one-game regional at Harding, and uh, they go ahead and win the state championship. Uh, so we were good, and we got beat for the state champions. So the next year, we lose four starters, but we end up undefeated the whole year, 20-0, and, and we've got the T-shirts all printed uh, 
road to banker's life or Conseco, whatever it was back then. We we thought we were going to the state. Well, we got beat in the first game of the sectional. And so here we are, 20-0, and 0, and got beat by Taylor High School, and we're out one game in the tournament. So very disappointing. Uh, the next year, though, we do return four starters, and we think we've got another chance. And that year we go 20 and 0 again. And here's Taylor in our sectional again. And obviously in the back of everybody's mind was, I wonder how that game will go since they did defeat us and they had their outstanding player, Drew Connor, returning. And we had four of our starters returning and Bauer and Fry and uh, Keller and uh, Williams. So we knew we were going to be good. And they got beat by Sheridan. We beat Sheridan and uh, uh, played just very well in the state tournament. We, uh, in the six games, uh, all six were double-digit victories, uh, except Forest Park in the championship, and they hit a three-pointer to cut it to nine at the buzzer. But it was an outstanding team. Uh, um, you know, we always <laughs> think uh, maybe we wish we had the tournament of champions because in that year we were the seventh team in the history of indiana basketball to go undefeated as state champions there hadn't been one uh since i believe the 85 team at marion and so um 18 years later we end up winning the state undefeated and we had the chance we hoped to go ahead and play the champion of 3A, 1A, and 4A, but they didn't have a tournament then. And just about six hours later, Pike won the championship undefeated uh, with an outstanding team with Coach Bullington. So um, it was great uh, to win at both places. And the fan enthusiasm at Connersville and Lewis Cass was very similar. We we packed the gym nearly every night. Um, crowds were outstanding they followed us on our way games uh coming back from lewis cast for the pep station they cars start picking us up in kokomo about 15 20 miles away so we got on a fire engine and we rode from all the way from kokomo to the gymnasium uh it was an afternoon game also in 2a basketball so we ate lunch in Indianapolis came back for the pep station and went into the gymnasium and uh, I can still remember they still played the same song we are the champions so uh, Queen was Queen was at Connersville and Queen was at uh, Lewis Cass because uh, the great thrill of being the champions uh, a state of Indiana coach as a uh, Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame coach what? How do you keep your energy up during all of your career? Are there were there any laws where you're like, you know, I'm a little tired, uh, or where is it just something that you have so much passion for that you're you you keep on keeping on? Well, my wife is in the kitchen right behind me, and I heard her snicker when you said that. Uh, there are many times that uh, it gets very long. Uh, it, it all changed. In the probably late, in the middle 80s or whenever, whenever VHS came out. And when VHS came out, 
you could watch videotapes of your opponent. And I was a big proponent of that. I would drive all over the state of Indiana to get tapes against the teams that we were going to play in the tournament. And many nights I went to sleep watching video, maybe in the bedroom, and my wife would poke me and say, wake up, you know, you've got, you're not done yet. And so it was long and tiring. And remember, at that moment, I'm just a coach. I'm not a teacher. So you think of the grueling, grueling job our Indiana high school coaches have right now. I, Brian McCauley and I worked together at Noblesville uh, in 2018 and 2019. He taught six classes and still was watching videotapes like I did, and I would get to watch maybe one or two during the day as I prepared, whereas he had six classes he was preparing for. So the coaches now, with videotapes and the amount of scouting they do, uh, with huddle now that you can get, you know, nearly every game of your opponent you can see in person on video if you want. Uh, so it's very long and hard. It's a hard job. And then I like to scout in person. So if any of the teams we're playing are playing, I, I'll drive to wherever. I remember this year our first game of the season was against Smith Academy, and they played in – Warsaw, I believe, was almost 50 miles away, and it was snowing, and we're driving up there and uh, on a Tuesday night getting ready to play them. So it didn't change anything uh, ever. Uh, we always believed that you only could work as hard as you could, and that was as many moments as you had, spend it on basketball. So I would say most of my 24 sevens in the last 40 years have been involved in basketball and whatever else time I had with my family. Who called you, and do you still remember the phone call when you were um, going to be put into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame? Uh, I can't remember exactly who the president was at that moment. But what a thrill. What a thrill. I mean, uh, these are, you know, as growing up, you know, if you wanted to name the six undefeated state champions, well, you could put, a Hall of Fame like Mount Rushmore of those coaches, you know. When you think of Ray Crow, um, Bill Green, um, Bill Holtzman, um, John Molodet, uh, Elmer McCall, those coaches to me were like statues that I had grew up thinking, gosh, what great, great coaches and what great, great fills they've had. And so to be joining that group was uh, an unbelievable. I was very fortunate. Uh, some of my high school classmates from Deedsville came to that uh, banquet at uh, Primo's or wherever they have it and were there to help me being honored as being a Hall of Fame member. And my family, uh, unfortunately, my father had passed, but my mother was able to be there and my children. And, uh, what a great thrill was being standing up there uh, knowing that I was joining that great, great group of young, our great, great group of men as coaches of uh, in the Hall of Fame of Indiana basketball. You know, everybody who's listening to this show knows that I am a broad ripple rocket homer. I mean, just you, you, 
I can I can put a team together from Broderpool High School that will be any team that someone comes up with. So I <laughs> I, I am a huge huge homer. Uh, I loved my basketball coach uh, uh, coach Bill Smith. I even loved more my athletic director Gene Ring, who uh, actually played for John Wooden up in South Bend in his high school days. Um, but once I find out that you are coming to Broderpool to coach, uh, I think my homerness got larger. Well, that was a thrill. Uh, at that moment, uh, I had retired from coaching. In 2008, uh, I was 65 years old, I believe, and my family uh, uh, and I had some things we wanted to do, and I'd always wanted to go to the Maui Classic. And uh, so I thought, gosh, I can retire from basketball in 2008, go to the Maui Classic, spend my winter in Florida. So I've paid my dues. I'm going to do this exciting thing. So I do that in 2009. I'm down here in Florida. I go to the Maui Classic, um, see great, great basketball. First year for Tom Crean, I remember uh, his first games was in the Maui Classic in 2008. But I get to do that. And so in the summertime, I'm back in Indiana and I'm living a lake, living the dream. And all of a sudden, I'm playing golf. And I come home from playing golf, and I'd shot probably my normal 105 or <laughs> 107. And I'm sitting there watering the flowers, and I read in the newspaper that day that Broad Ripple coaching job is open. And they have two high school All-Americans on their team that are returning as sophomores and juniors they both started as freshmen and sophomores so i'm thinking god that would be exciting i know i'm better coaching basketball and i am playing golf maybe <laughs> i ought to apply for that so it just so happens if you were a follower i'm not sure you ever went to a game at north central but if you ever went to a north central basketball game from 86 to 2000 probably almost if you looked in the corner of the gymnasium, there'd be this uh, athletic director principal sitting there, and he was what I consider one of the best educators I've known in Eugene uh, White. And so I thought, well, I know him. He always congratulated me after the North Central game. We were very fortunate. I think we may have won our last six in a row against North Central, and I remind Doug Mitchell of that every time I see him, but uh, it uh, we had a great success. So I just call uh, Superintendent White, and uh, I said, you know, I would be interested in talking to you about the broad ripple position. He says, well, he says, do you really want the job? I said, yes. He says, well, come on down tomorrow. We'll fix it up. And so I was hired on a phone call. He had seen me coach numerous times when I was at um, Kokomo. Uh, he wanted a state championship brought back to Indianapolis since they hadn't won, I believe, since uh, the Broad Ripple team had, had won. Correct. And uh, he wanted that to happen again with Broad Ripple. So I was so excited to take that job. I had a great, great time. Everybody asked me how Broad Ripple was. I'll say it was one of the nicest experiences of coaching that I ever had. Uh, great players, 
work very hard. And as you know, players were very appreciative. They loved basketball. That was very big to the students at Broad Ripple High School. Uh, Ron Patterson was probably one of the greatest athletes I ever coached. Stephen Jamison was on the same level as him. Uh, two really high school All-Americans to step into. So we thought we had a chance. You know, we lost in that year, I believe we lost six games that year. Five of them were by one possession. We won the city tournament, uh, beating Howe in the championship, and just a great game. Came from 18 down in the third quarter, and Patterson hits a three kind of at the buzzer to win. So it was a great, great thrill to coach there. Of course, our sectional, we were a small school at that time because we had become a magnet school. We only had four to 500 students, and our sectional was the same as it is now, North Central, Warren Central, Lawrence North, uh, Cathedral, toughest sectional in the state probably, as it may be right now also. And uh, we got beaten in sectional by Warren Central. Uh, so I had a great, great time. Uh, probably if I had to do over again, I would not have left then, but it was at that moment, it was a very trying time. Stephen Jamison, one of the maybe top five athletes I ever coached, had come up with colon cancer and uh, was just drained us as a team. Um, he passed away that summer, and um, I just uh, I decided I was ready to retire again and uh, regret that I didn't go on because they did win the sectional two years later and uh, – uh, we're very, very good high school and a very good job. And as you love Broad Ripple, so do I. <laughs> and uh, six degrees of separation, you'd probably see my face up there on that 1986 undefeated champ or undefeated uh, team before we got beat by Jeff George and Warren Central in 1986. <laughs> oh, I, I, uh, I've seen that picture, and we got ours put up beside you, I believe. Yeah. And uh, we were in the next championship. I don't think there was another championship. I'm not sure, but I don't think they won the city or sectional from that team until we won in 2010. So uh, I guess it wasn't uh, 15 years. It was 25 years yeah. and uh, 24 years. So uh, it was a great thrill. And uh, Broad Ripple, I just I don't know what they're going to do with that building, but what a great, lot of great memories yeah. uh, come out of there. Uh, just like you say, uh, if you want an all-star team uh, – pretty hard to beat with uh, George Hill as one of your players and <laughs> Jeff Robinson. And I could name them too, just like you can. Uh, probably one of the greatest. Uh, one of my best friends at Broad Ripple, I noticed, um, have they put the Broad Ripple team for the top 10 players? I'm not sure, but Wally Cox was a, a great player in Broad Ripple back in my day. And uh, I would see him at the Butler game, and he'd always encourage me, you know, and the Rockets, uh, keep them going, Coach. We'd like to see you cut some nets. And uh, we were fortunate to cut the nets uh, at Tech and win that uh, city championship. was a great thrill for me. Uh, Coach, uh, uh, still coaching now? Uh, Any more comebacks left? Retirement? What do you do in retirement? Well, I haven't had any calls this week yet. Uh, (laughs) You know, being 77, uh, you don't get a lot of calls. Uh, I was proud to coach at my high school this year at North Miami High School. And 
we had a team that was um, really a tough conference, uh, lost four or five ball games in uh, the last quarter that we could have won, and maybe we were able to close to having a winning team, but didn't happen, and uh, ends up I retire uh, early, um, had a few health problems, and that at that moment, you know, we were we had never heard of this COVID nineteen, but uh, I had this upper respiratory infection at that time, and uh, so hopefully I didn't have COVID nineteen. But if I did, it's over with now. But uh, I retired, and uh, I still love to coach. But uh, there's uh, eventually someday you have to quit. And uh, I think of all the coaches I coached with in the North Central Conference, uh, Fab Alford, George Griffith, Bill Green, uh, Bill Harrell, all the great coaches, most of them have been retired for almost 35 years now. And uh, so I kind of outlasted all of them. And uh, so I imagine I am retired, but uh, you will not know that until next uh, fall when the season starts, uh, what Coach Bobby is going to be doing. But uh, – I like the name Coach Malby, and it's been a great thrill for me uh, to be that in that occupation. Um, I saw a picture of the 88 All-Stars uh, in the Facebook this week, and Brian Hogan was there. And what a great, great memories you have of all of the players that you were fortunate to coach. You know, the Brian Reeves, the Mike Heinemans, and Chris Heinemans, and just all the way through, you know, I could name them all the way back maybe until, you know, Keith Nicholson maybe at um, West Washington or Chris Gray or Doug Bible at Delta. Uh, just great thrills, great things. And better not leave out the all-time leading scorer I coached, Jeff Stackhouse, at Angola. And without him and that team, I would not be here as a Hall of Fame coach I would not be here as a state championship coach, but for that 1978 uh, Angola team with Carson, Selman, Wells, and Stackhouse, and Clark, um, what a great team. And because of their great accomplishments, Coach Malby got to go on and go on to Connersville and Kokomo and Cass and all the great thrills they've had. You know, I posted that uh, pictures of both of the girls and boys uh, all-star teams, uh, I think yesterday or the day before. Um, I love doing what I do. And I, I will tell you this and kind of closing is that when I first started doing these shows, which I think you're either 188 or 189, you are on my bucket list of people that I wanted to chat with. And I think I have uh, annoyed or bothered you for quite a few years to do this show. And we have done this show and it is everything that I thought it would be. And I thank you for your time. Well, I've, I've listened to them uh, last night. <laughs> See, who did I listen to? Gosh, my memory is not as good as it should be. But, uh, oh, yes, Irwin Cox. Uh, I listened <laughs> to his yesterday because Irwin and Harold, Harold are great friends of mine from Kokomo. Uh, Irwin married uh, one of my secretaries at McConaughey's daughter, so I knew Irwin from all those days, and mystique of those Kokomo Wildback cats back when I was a high school student. Uh, Irwin was one of them. And so I listened to his, and I'm really anticipating this afternoon listening to Coach Al Brown. Uh, Al and I go all the way back to coaching against him at DeKalb and uh, watching his career when he sat next to Pat Summit. And, uh, um, you know, just the great thrills I 
desperately anxious to listen to the Al Brown one. And uh, yours was Mike Heineman, uh brought many tears to my eyes. And cool. uh, so thanks for doing this. Uh, for us basketball friends, it's a, uh, a great, great fix on basketball when we can't be watching or playing. Coach, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, and uh, thanks for honoring me to be part of this.